What's up, guys? We're all trying to keep our distance these days, which can be tough on agencies. If you are only offering your clients the option to pay by paper check, someone has to be in the office. Let me recommend an alternative to that. It's ePay Policy, a fantastic service that I've grown to depend on in my business. They are an agency-centric solution that helps you easily accept virtual checks and credit cards. And getting set up with them is a breeze. Go to ePayPolicy.com, use the code IGPODCAST. That is I. G podcast, and you're going to get your first month free. ePay Policy gets the insurance guy's seal of approval. They are a great company. I use them in my agency. I would highly recommend them. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner, and insurance evangelist for I Protect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott, how are you today? Best I've ever been, Bradley. There are two things you can always count on, death and taxes. You and I, you and I have a different two things that you can count on. The Insurance Guys podcast will always come out on Wednesday mornings and a hurricane will blow through the state of Alabama every week or I guess the rest of time, I, I, I guess. I, I, I was thinking death, taxes, and hurricanes. Man, I'm telling you, brother. People don't get this, okay? So they're like, oh, well, I thought that last hurricane hit Louisiana. I don't think a lot of people in the Midwest and places in the U.S. understand and can wrap their head around how big these storms are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they come through the Gulf. Let's say they go through Louisiana. Well, guess what they're going to do then? They start turning and coming through Mississippi and Alabama. So – Bradley was not expecting much damage, I guess, yes, yesterday, Bradley, or the day before? Uh, day before. Day before. Here's our funny story of the week. I text Bradley on Monday. Hey, man, you worried about this tropical storm? He texts me back. He goes, no, nah, just rain. So when he said that, I just completely discounted the whole thing. Like Bradley's James Spann doing weather on WBRC uh, out of Birmingham. So I just never, never looked at the weather, never looked at anything else. And then all of a sudden, I've got 55-mile-an-hour winds at my house <laughs> yesterday. I'm an eternal optimist. I get that from my mother. But I did. James Spann, who he's referring to, is kind of the authority for weather in the Southeast. He's got half a million followers on Twitter. And it's because he doesn't play into this typical, you know, the weatherman, the weatherman wants to keep you watching. Right. James doesn't do that. James gets right to the point, and he'll even call out other weathermen and call them dirtbags and say, no, and when Hurricane Sally hit, people were trying to say it was going to be as bad as Hurricane Laura, which hit a few weeks before that, and it wasn't as bad as Hurricane Laura, but he was calling some of those people out, and and I actually tweeted him and said, hey, I'm in Mobile, and he said, just rain. So I'm like, okay, well, the problem with Hurricane Catherine Zeta-Jones was that it was coming at a 45-degree angle, and they didn't know when it hit Louisiana, was it going to shift upwards or downwards? And all indications were saying it was going to shift upwards, but I believe it shifted a little bit down. So we got much more of it than we expected, 
uh, nothing close to Hurricane Sally, but it was the last two days have been pretty rough. And I still, to this moment, don't have internet at my office. That's why I'm at my house. Well, Bradley, let's get started on the podcast today. Guys, I am super excited for today's show. Today marks a very important day for us because we have the honor and privilege to announce the InsureTech Agency Award for 2020 presented by ePay Policy. We talked about this on a previous podcast. I encouraged all of you to go and sign up for this, and a lot of you did. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But before we do, please allow me to introduce he is the co-founder of ePay Policy. This is his third time and actually fourth time, if you count the Gary Vaynerchuk episode, to be on the Insurance Guys podcast. He is accomplished, knowledgeable, esteemable. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the six foot three sophomore from Austin, Texas, co-founder of ePay Policy. Mr. Todd Sorrell. How are you, Todd? Man, I'm great, guys. Y'all just can't you. run me off. I just keep showing up. Hurricanes be damned. I just I keep showing up. You just keep Here coming back. It's like a Rocky Balboa movie. He just keeps coming back for more. That's Todd, right. Todd, I am proud. Right. I'll tell you why I'm so excited about this show today. So you and I talked about the uh, InsureTech Award, and 165 agencies went out for it. And on this show today, we have – the winner, and we're about to announce that here in just a few minutes. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about it. I want to hear more yeah. about how we got to today and, and we got to our winner today. Yeah, I tell you what, we are pumped by, about this award. This is something we started about three years ago. Uh, it really does allow us to learn a lot about our customers, the agents. ePay policy is on that B2B side. So we reach out to agents and help them speed up receivables and bond business quicker. With electronic payments and this whole process, this whole insure tech award idea was born out of that. It was just kind of like, hey, while we learn about our customers and ask them questions, you know, to know more about them, how we can become better, let's make an award around it. Let's just let's 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 put let's crown someone the best of the best and how they leverage technology and implement technology inside their office for not only marketing and sales purposes, but internal communications, operations, deploying um technology like e-signatures and rolling, make life easy for your customers. And who really does that the best, right? And so we came up with a 25 question application and it really just did shed some really awesome light on who our, who our customer, who, who, who agents are out there, what, what technologies they like to use internally, also social media too. And it was really enlightening, but it was clear and far away. We certainly I, I'm excited to, to announce that. Would you like for me to go ahead and announce that right now, Todd? Yes, sir. But I tell you what, since you announced me and Bradley as, as sophomores, she's a junior or I understand. So. Hey, guys, listen to me. Podcast listeners, insurance guys, podcast listeners, let me tell you why this is so important. 165 agencies went out for this. One agency won. And we're blessed today to have the CEO of that agency on this podcast. And here's what I love about it, guys. She's going to talk about some of the things that they do and reasons why they won today. And I think there's going to be some valuable insight that you guys can stop listening to this podcast in a little while and go back to your office and implement. Those are the podcasts I love the most is when I get off the podcast, Bradley and I do, and I know 
that we've given some some agents something that they can go back and make their agency better with. So without further ado, she has 20 years of experience crafting insurance programs for nonprofits. One of only a handful of human beings that actually enjoy reading insurance policies and forms. It is my profound <laughs> honor to introduce to you the CEO of Cal Nonprofits Insurance Services and the winner of the 2020 InsurTech Agency Award, Miss Colleen Lazanich. How are you, Colleen? I'm great. Thank you. Gosh, I'm excited to have you here right now. We are excited to win. <laughs> 165 agencies went out for this. You won the award. What I need you and Todd to help me out with right now is talk a little bit about what was the combination of the, I believe it was six different business categories that cream rose up to the top here. How did you do it? I applied for the award just to see how we were doing as a benchmark against other agencies. I really didn't expect that we would win. Colleen, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> I really didn't expect that we would win. And it was um, amazing <laughs> to find out that we had done it. We've had computers at a recycling center. And we were not leveraging any technology that we did have. We were spending money on it, but we weren't leveraging it. In addition to being an insurance nerd, I'm a tech nerd. <laughs> and so I was like, we need to do this better. We need to do it more efficiently if we are going to grow. Todd, what did you guys see on your end as you're going through the different categories and you're, you're doing the rankings from one to 10 that stood out to you guys and made you go, hold on a second. This bunch right here, they got it going on. Yeah, I, I think it was for us, it's just every category we came across, um, it was not just them implementing technology and leveraging it for better productivity and better efficiency and just very, better transparency and communication with our customers, but they were looking to the next step. I mean, they're looking at technology of like, yeah, this is great for here and now, but they were looking for like the next generation or the next version 2.0 or whatever it was. Like they, they're looking ahead and they're making, they were making recommendations and bringing things to light too. So we were just impressed by that. We were just impressed by the fact that they have a you know big social presence. They're, they're, they're niche focused and very good at it. We find out a lot of our, one of the things we learned, a lot of our agencies out there have a niche focus really do seem to like really hone in on that and become very top experts in that field, right? And so that that allows them to rise to the top. And that was one of the things we noticed about Colleen and her team is they had this really laser focus on the nonprofit space. They leverage technology to really get out there and deliver the best products possible as far as the risks that they're, they're faced with. We just loved what we saw, how they're doing. Colleen, help our agency force. There's 250,000 insurance agents watching and listening to this right now. So tell us some 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 examples of things that you guys are doing that Todd just mentioned on kind of a broad scale there, but drill down a little bit for us and talk to us a little bit about some of the technology things that you're doing that, that are working in that space that you guys play in with nonprofits. Wow, there's a lot. So when I came to the agency, I was familiar with the agency from the company side. So I knew this agency from the company side. I had appointed them at the carrier that I worked for and then terminated their appointment a few years later when they hadn't produced enough business. So I knew, you know, there was a lot of room for growth and a lot of potential. And one of the biggest things was, here we are, we're really unique. We're owned by the State Association of Nonprofits. So we are a for-profit subsidiary of a nonprofit. 
And we are not known in the state as being the number one insurer for nonprofits. Why not? Why wouldn't we be? That's a huge miss as far as I was concerned in the history of where we had been. So looking at how do we do that? So from a marketing perspective, from our website, redesign, getting that message and branding out there and doing it in a way that was as efficient as possible. Then on the technology side, look, we all spend a lot of money on the technology we use in our agencies, right? And most agencies use a fraction of the capabilities of their systems. Why pay for it if you're not going to utilize it? We need to take advantage of those products. And I think the natural inclination when you get a new product presented to you is, well, we don't want to add to our expenses right now. But you really have to look at that. And even if you don't do a formal ROI on it, you really need to look at, does this really improve the life of our employees and our clients, right? And if it improves the life and workflow of our employees and our clients, and we can provide better service to our clients, it's worth it in my book. What are some technologies that you feel like you made the statement that a lot of agencies have this technology that they could be utilizing, but they're not? What are some technologies you feel like maybe other agencies could utilize in a better way to become more efficient and reach their potential clients better? Mobile. Mobile technology, I think, is a big part. I mean, the world is changing and a lot of our agency force is of an age that is not accepting of that. And I think producers also, I'm lucky, all of my producers are super tech savvy and and embracing the technology because they're seeing that it's making their life easier, right? It's making their life easier to be able to pick up their phone when they're at a client and be able to pull that client's information up. The agency management system, I think, is one of the underutilized pieces of technology that we have in our agencies. Your agents, like your agents can utilize their AGM system on their phone yep. where they're with somebody, maybe they're a prospect, they can put them in, they can look up a policy, whatever, on their telephone. They can enter an activity, they can record a, a meeting, and it creates that activity on their calendar and puts it into their system. So nonprofits... Business is super supplemental intensive. So we're utilizing online applications that will allow you to fill in multiple carrier supplements because a lot of them want their own supplement. You can fill out all the multiple carrier supplements with as few clicks and not answering the same repetitive question over and over again on each supplement. We utilize that technology. Our clients are embracing it. Our producers love it because it really helps with them. We're even utilizing that on the front end. Can I ask, is it an outside technology that's enabling you to do that? And if so, could you, would you mind telling us what it is? So it was an independent outside technology, but it has been acquired by Applied. And so it's integrated with Applied. So that's um, Indio. We utilize Indio. Um, but Indio also integrates with lots of other systems too. It, mm-hmm. it has stayed, I think, system agnostic. But we put that into place a couple of years ago. It's hugely improved the efficiency. And now, now it two-way integrates with our agency management system. So you can pull applications back and forth between them. Right. So just taking advantage of that, we volunteered to beta test that. We volunteered to beta test a lot of products in order to have a voice and to make them better and more useful from an agent's perspective. What about SEO? As far as reaching the clients and prospects you wanted to from the nonprofit, was SEO kind of a strong push for you guys? I'm assuming it probably was at some level. 
Yeah, so we redesigned our whole website and social media and blogging in order to help improve our SEO and to just strengthen our brand too, right? That was really lacking. Right. And the blogging stuff's also helping you grow your SEO, which moves you up the Google rankings organically rather than paying a a firm $20,000 a month to try to get you up at the top of Google or whatever. So I'm sure that was taken into account too. Yeah, it's it's tough because there's a lot of ways to search for those. So those search terms are a little tricky. Wonky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the community is not that big. Like if you focus on a niche, right, those niches yeah. typically aren't that big. I mean, even if in numbers they're big, everybody talks to everybody else. So really you need to be the one that when somebody says, Hey, I'm looking for insurance. They're like, you need to talk to Cal nonprofits insurance services. Those people know what they're talking about when they, they understand nonprofits and they know the markets that can insure those nonprofits. That's I think so much more valuable. I think marketing gets you a certain amount to where people recognize your name when they see you, you need to be known as that go-to agency or space in your niche. Bradley, you're the tech guy around here. You're the tech guy of this family, Bradley. You better start asking some questions. I'm sorry, guys. I'm dealing with a hurricane problem over here. You have to give me a minute. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Are you serious? Oh, okay. So, social media, let's go through that. This is what I like to hear about. I would love to hear what you guys are doing in terms of Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, those types of things. So I've always felt like Facebook is personal and not business, but it seems like it's grown more into the business space. I've always, I've used LinkedIn extensively. I've, I found staff on LinkedIn. I connect with people all over the place on LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is a great place. We're connected to a lot of our clients on LinkedIn more than Facebook, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, We really haven't used Instagram. I don't know. Insurance doesn't seem very photo op that often. (laughs) I've always said you can't take a picture of insurance, but, but if you could, nobody would want to look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The, the award results were interesting that the pillars in insurance as far as social media engagement, number one is Facebook just by far. And it's not just personal, but like that's, that's a place to create lead generation. That's where we're finding agents reaching out right. for personal lines and commercial lines. Like we're seeing both of them there. Obviously, personal lines leads the way in that area. But the number two spot's LinkedIn. And they're the forums that they have on there and the way you can put your company out there and get your branding and your feel and that awareness pushed in a really professional manner. And, and, and your network gets to see it as they're part of their feed. It's just amazing. That's the number two spot. That's the one of the couple of things we saw on the social side. Yeah. Well, the uh, thing about was- LinkedIn too, I was, I was talking to some agents in uh, Oklahoma yesterday and th- they said, if you could be anywhere other than Facebook, where would you be? And I said, well, I would go LinkedIn and Instagram. And for completely separate reasons, one, you're not going to find a ton of insurance agencies actually putting time into Instagram. Therefore, there's a lot of white space there. If you can kind of, since it's a visual platform, if you can kind of figure out what your thing is, right? Mm -hmm. And then LinkedIn for completely opposite reason that everybody's there Mm -hmm. and everybody's spamming everybody with bulk LinkedIn messages. So if you can go into LinkedIn and almost treat it a little bit like Instagram and be a little bit more authentic, spend a little bit more time on it, a little bit less automation and a little bit more personal replying to comments, sending voice DMs, things like that. Like my organic reach is through the roof on LinkedIn. 
And if you go into some insurance groups on Facebook, all you see are people complaining that organic reach on LinkedIn is down and it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Kind of taking those two angles on those two platforms can really make some headway with a lot of your branding. I'll tell you one thing that Todd said when we got on this call that I need Colleen to help me with. He said something about that their agency was very forward thinking, not just in today, but looking past today into the future. And I I would love to hear more about the thought process and, and where that came from in terms of how that helped you achieve the goal of winning the award this year. Yeah, no, I, I think our last conversation we visited with Colleen, I think that there was some, uh, there was some conversation just around like, hey, we implemented this, but we really kind of keep an eye on maybe growing into right. this someday, or we want to add this. And I think that just caught my eye. And Colleen, I, it could have been me daydreaming because that does happen. But I think you were talking about just like next generation on certain parts of your office was it was team organization like Asana or Trello or it was like inner office communication using Slack. It was like, I think there was something came up and I don't remember recall what it was, but it was just around like y'all looking for really next gen on, on some technology out there, which really caught my eye. I was like, wow. I mean, who talks like that? Well, you know, we've, we've made a complete 180 degree switch in our tech stack over the last four years. Right. And we, we had an instant messaging platform. We switched over to Teams in order to solidify it more into the stuff everyone's using every day, right? They're using their Microsoft Office suite. They're in Outlook. So, you know, we switched over to Teams. We actually moved our shared drives into Teams. We are always looking at the next thing that can help us and make us more efficient. And that's why we, we volunteer for these beta tests and we volunteer and are asked to participate in that. Yeah. We're even doing this on our financial side too, which is, you know, hidden in most agencies, right, from what's going on. But we utilize a provider for our company credit cards that allows us to turn them on, turn them off, have virtual cards that push of a couple of buttons, manage the budgets for those people and manage the expenses. Our producers, if they use those cards, don't even have to turn in an expense report anymore. They just take a picture of the receipt and it's attached to the item right there and they can put a note as to what it was and they're done. Just always trying to look for how do we do it faster? How do we do it better? And how do we do it more thoroughly? Yeah. Colleen, do you mind sharing with us what is that next year? We use Divi. Mm Mm-hmm. Divi, okay, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, we looked at that too. How do you spell yeah, that? Nice. D-I-V-I, Divi? D-I-V-V-Y. D-I-V-V-Y. Yeah. Boy, I w- hey, I wish they'd have had oh, that around back when I was in sales <laughs> in the late 90s and early 2000s, and you just – I mean, it was like you were going in for a colonoscopy to sit down and do an expense report. Y'all remember that? And you have a stack about that <laughs> oh, high yeah. you had to get done, and – you were just standing there looking at it like, Scott, why did you spend $869 at Chula's exactly. Steakhouse? You know, for. <laughs> I, was, I was always thinking about how much, what excuse am I going to come up with for the cocktails on this thing? <laughs> you know, what's funny is the last in person conference I did, or one of the last ones actually, right before COVID started, was in Birmingham, which is where I was at yesterday. And we went to a place called Perry Steakhouse, and I got invited by. An insurance carrier, me and a buddy, and the buddy was like, Hey man, you don't worry about it. The carrier's paying for everything. It's cool. Bring your wife. And I drove by there yesterday. I almost got choked up. I was like, it was like the last fun thing I did before the world melted. Yeah. <laughs> I know, man. I know hey, that's so sad. Hey, Colleen, he's mentioned sauna for talking about forward thinking. I'm assuming that's employee morale, things like that. 
We haven't used sauna, no. Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like team organization. Like you can collaborate via projects. It's called mm-hmm. Asana, okay. Asana. It's kind of like it's kind of like Trello. You can put cards up there and assign them, and you have due dates and timelines, and it's kind of cool. A lot of, we've seen a lot of agents. Talk, Colleen, about the importance of a lot of these different programs you guys are using. Talk about the importance of the connectivity of everything. Yeah, I mean that's where we see a lot of improvement, especially in the last year. Really is the integrations between the systems and the platforms, for example, being able to integrate ePay policy into our our portal for our clients and being able to have them go to one place and see their invoice and pay their invoice on our on our branded space instead of having to link out to all these other places to go find information. It makes it hard if you have data stored in multiple places, which where's your true source, right? To me, I'm always about, you got to keep everything in your true source. And so if it doesn't get there and somebody has to manually put it there, you leave room for error. And so I'm always looking for how do we integrate these? How do we make it more seamless? How do we make it so that these pieces all work together towards one end? And sometimes that leaves you pinned into a particular tech stack, if you're going to do that, then maximize it to the fullest ability. And the biggest challenge I have with that is not me understanding it and implementing it. It's getting everyone to use it consistently in the same way. And that's, that's I think, a big challenge with technology in, in agencies. Every month, I think, wow, the shiny object syndrome in the insurance industry is so bad right now. And then the next month comes by and it's even worse. I think agents in general, and I've been guilty of it myself, getting shiny object syndrome and sometimes glance over the fact that, oh, this system may be cool, but it doesn't integrate with anything that I use and it's going to cause double entry. And I think as agents, when it comes to technology, we need to look at, okay, how can we add a piece of technology that's going to take away the double entry, not add to it? And just this week, we're getting ready first part of next year to swap over to the Neon platform, Seth Sarimba and Sydney Rowe. And I texted Sydney and was like, hey, what phone system do I need to be on? My contract's coming up and whichever one, I don't care who it is, whichever one works the best with your system, that's what we're going to do. I'm not going to try to make something that sort of works, work. Bradley, to that point, I'm not so sure that the biggest change in the insurance industry in terms of independent agents anyway isn't that we're all looking at technology and how that integrates back and forth, two-way, one-way, or whether it doesn't. It seems like now you're exactly right, Bradley. Now everything we look at integrating in terms of technology, if it doesn't integrate with our stuff, ballgame's over. Sorry. That seems to be a big difference in the industry now. And in my experience, I don't blame it on the new tools. I blame it on the traditional systems that refuse to open up to the new tools. It's not the new tool's fault. Most of these tools out there like Agency Zoom, Mm -hmm. Slack, Agency Elephant, like whatever it is, most of these new tools are willing to integrate with anything, ePay policy as well. It's the traditional management systems slash carriers that are sometimes afraid to open their systems up. So I think it's funny you talk about two-way communication. There needs to be some two-way conversations amongst some of these platforms about integrating. Instead of trying to replace a vendor by creating something of your own, there's strength in numbers and you're better off integrating with that tool that does that thing the best rather than trying to create a 
an eighth best version yourself. Well, when you're a technology, a new technology company, what are you trying to do? Alleviate a problem, right? Or make something better. Right. But if you're, if you're unable to integrate with anything and that goes for the old stuff that you just mentioned too, that's out there. Well, that's now a problem because you've just created double or triple work for all of us that are integrating all of our systems together. And I think that may be the coolest thing that's probably happened in the industry in the past five to 10 years is how everything now is moving towards, all right, we got, everything's got to integrate or we can't sell this. Yeah. I think it just comes down to expectations. People want real time right now on the fly on a mobile phone. And it, Amazon really kind of set that par for us years ago with like a, you know, the less clicks wins, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, if you can get it done cleaner and nicer and go to a checkout. And can you imagine being in a checkout cart right now and a window pops up, says mail a check. I mean, you'd be like, what? That's Are you right. kidding me? I remember I was like 10 years old and I would order, I would get these like these catalogs in the mail for skateboards and I would get my mom to mail a check to the company. And then sometime around two months later, I would get a skateboard mm-hmm. in the mail. It's crazy to think about that now that do do and you can have it in right. two days. Two, you know, the other thing is like agents love Zapier. I love Zapier. I think it's cool. I think it allows you to put a band-aid on two programs together, but it's nothing more than a band-aid. There's a big difference between Zapier and a direct mm-hmm. integration. And I think so long agents were beating their chests about Zapier integration. And then they got it and they're like, wait a minute, this this isn't as good as what I thought it was going to be. And so I think Agents and carriers need to be talking to some of their technology partners about, hey, instead of building this crappy one-way Zapier connection that's going to break three times a month, let's talk to such and such over at ePay Policy or such and such over at Applied or such and such over at wherever, and let's actually build this integration. Let's get it direct. That way, I don't ever have to worry about it breaking, and my information flows back and forth without me having to do anything. So... Colleen, tell me some other things that you guys are preparing. Here we are, almost December of 2020. Let's look forward to next year. What are some things you guys are going to tweak to get even better next year as far as this goes? Well, out here in California, we're settling in for a long haul of working from home. So although I'm in my office today, and when we all went home in March, it was putting Band-Aids on things, like you said, to – Uh, make it so that everybody could work. Thank God we had the tech stack we had because we pivoted to having everybody from home in one day. But it was always meant to be temporary when that happened in March. And now here we are this many months down the road and my kitchen table is not comfortable to be working. (laughs) And so now we're we're really looking for how do we make this uh, happen? We had an employee move out of state. I think we're going to have more employees move out of the area. California is super expensive. The area we live in is super expensive. Um, Where all three of our offices are is expensive. And I think we have to move toward how do we do that and how do we still serve our clients seamlessly and have the connection with our clients. We do a lot of in-person visits with our clients and we need to be able to do that. And, And Zoom and Teams have been great for our team to continue to hold meetings with clients. But I think we have to find a way to support our staff better through working from home for longer term. Because I don't really see us coming back full-time into the office, everyone, until maybe July. Yeah. Colleen, do you think when, when COVID hit and everybody had to go home, do you think you guys were in a better position, more equipped 
to work remote because of your technology or were you in a, did you guys struggle a little bit? We were absolutely in a better position. Even my staff, they've said it in multiple meetings that we've had. We could not have done this four years ago. Four, if the, if yeah. COVID had hit four years ago, we would have been, mm-hmm. we would not have been able to shut down our office and have people seamlessly go to work at their house at all, whether they had a computer or internet or whatever, it didn't matter. We weren't in a position to give them the connections and the tools that they needed to do to do their jobs, even phones. We, we switched our phone system in the last couple of years. We're getting ready to switch our phone system again in December because our contract is up and we don't like our vendor. So we're kind of in the same boat that Probably you are. Probably the same one I have. <laughs> Probably the same one. Uh, you know, and it's funny, I was talking to an agency owner last week and he said he sent an email to his team and said, hey, we're definitely not coming back to work until March 1st, 2021. He said, and to be honest, everybody's at home they're not using power and water. Revenues are up. And I told him, I said, well, you know, we're back in the office. We worked from home for 90 days. And I look at my, one of my favorite reports on QuickBooks is P&L by month. And my P&L in March, April, May did this. And then when we went back in the office, it did that. And, it, and it's just kind of funny, the differences there. But do you think too, as soon as it started, where people started working from home before we were ordered to, I actually, and you know, actually, luckily my camera guy was there and caught it on camera where I was talking to a buddy of mine and we were just talking about all the coming changes that we could predict. And I said, you know, I think this is going to make, there's always been a stigma in the insurance industry about the work from home agent that the blame for that is squarely put on the carrier reps and the carriers. I think that it, it opened their eyes a little bit to like, huh, you can do this from home and be successful. You can do this from home and be a good agent. And I think they've always sort of used the whole, do you have a storefront thing as a litmus test for was that person going to be successful? And that it's not necessarily the case. You know, that might be an indicator to some other things, right? You definitely don't want Johnny who's in his mom's basement and works in his underwear all day and doesn't return clients calls. But at the same time, you can be successful and work from home. And I think that it's really opened everyone's eyes to that a little bit. 100% agree. I think that um, we already had some staff that were remote. We had some account executives and some account managers who worked remote just because opportunity came up to hire somebody that I knew was amazing and I hired them, but they weren't going to move to where one of our offices were located. And I think that it's opened the eyes of a lot of managers and a lot of agency owners that you can trust your staff to do their work from home. Is it for everybody? No, but it does give you a lot more flexibility if you're able to hire somebody in another area that you know is going to do an amazing job for you. So, so I'm blessed. And we were actually talking about this this morning and uh, we had a staff meeting this morning. Uh, we didn't have internet at our office. So I'm like, well, crap, let's just have a staff meeting since everybody's here before we go home. I'm blessed with a really, really good team that works really, really hard for our clients. But that being said, it cracked me up seeing some of the posts on Facebook from other business owners and agency owners, especially in March, right? When everybody started working from home and they're like, well, how do you track the hours of your people when they're at home? And I'm like, you don't, if they're getting their job done, you continue as normal. If they're not getting their job done, you fire them. Like it's not, they're at home. Like, were you going to clock them in from the time they wake up? What are you going to do? And I'm like, look, I don't care. You're working from home. I don't care when you work as long as you get things done and you're available when I need you to be available. Beyond that, you can be cooking dinner and doing laundry. Yeah, absolutely. 
Bradley, I'm not so sure. You know, I remember you saying or somebody telling me, I can't remember who it was that said the insurance industry in and of itself was kind of set up for COVID in a way. And going to what I did you, not say that, by the way. <laughs> well, just the industry itself, when COVID came along, uh-huh. because of the technologies that had been put in place and a lot of agents already had, like Colleen here, she's like, we were ready. We were ready for mm-hmm. it. But to add to that, I think because of the way the industry works, it doesn't take long to figure out who's not doing their job at work, yeah. whether it's a salesperson who you look in the, you know, your AGM system and can tell that they sold $6 in a Snickers bar this month, or an account manager who you get a call four or five times from some of your clients that you personally know that says, Hey, I've called Amy four times and she's never returned my call. Yeah, it, it, it almost feels like the, the industry's kind of set up to move in that direction. I, I think in a way, in the marketplace and the economy we're dealing with now, I think every account is up for grabs. Mm-hmm. I think if you're willing to work, especially in commercial and, and personal too, but I think if you're willing to work for the account and build that relationship and really show your value, I think every account's up for grabs. And I think it's it's in the tougher economies, which even though the economy is pretty good now, it's just tougher times, right. right? It's harder to do business. Part of your competition is eliminated because they're not able to do DocuSign and Zoom and they have to be in the office and things like that. But I think that if you're willing to adapt and pivot, I think a lot of accounts are up for grabs. And I think that personally, whether you're a, and, and obviously we don't want to just sell on price, but if you're able to help someone's bottom line, I think the quickest way for any business or any individual to help their budget is to change insurance, right? I just think there's a lot of things. I don't think that the insurance industry was, I don't think it played in the insurance industry's hand, but I think there are definitely a lot of benefits to the times we're going through right now mm-hmm. as it relates to insurance for the people that want to work. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I kind of rambled there, but you kind of get what I'm trying to say. No, I, I completely understand what you're saying. Hey, Colleen, before I ask Todd a few more questions, is there anybody on your team and specifically that really has spearheaded, been the tip of the spear in terms of helping you guys get the technologies that helped you win the award this year? Is anybody you want to give a shout out to? So uh, first and foremost, my director of finance and IT, Cheryl Thompson, she's um, amazing, even though she's got to worry about the money and the tech stuff, right? But, but she's always willing to listen to my crazy ideas. And second is my senior VP of development. So he's our top producer. He acts as our sales manager, but I acquired his book of business and hired him. I'd known him for a long time, knew he was amazing with nonprofits. But he, even before he worked with us, when he was still at the other agency he was working at, he's like, you've got to upgrade your agency management system because the one you're using is, I'm like, it's terrible. It's not intuitive. It's really hard to use. And he told me about Indio before he even started coming to our agency. We, we talk about it. He embraces all of that and he gets the producing staff on board with all of that tech stuff. And so his name's Cole Kinney and he's amazing. Outstanding job, Colleen. Talk about real quick the importance of you implement a new piece of technology, right? Talk about the importance and or the struggles with Mm. getting your team to buy in because I've had to have some serious conversations with some of my team members before 
and look, I'm not doing this to be like everybody else. So if you want to be like everybody else, we can work that out, but it's not going to involve portal. What's interesting when I talk right. to other agencies is I feel like it's more from the top down. The agency owners don't embrace the technology, and so the agency owners aren't going to touch it. Okay, somebody might come to them and say, hey, this is a good product. We should use this, and they'll say, oh, okay, we can afford it and, and put it in place. But unless the agency owner or the principal at the agency isn't behind it and saying this is what you're going to do, it's not going to happen. I mean, any conversion or adoption of new technology really has to, I think, come from the top, right? And if you're saying this is what I expect to be done, like you said, and if that isn't the way you're going to do it, then this isn't the right place for you. Right. That's fantastic. Hey, Todd, question for you. Yes. What does Colleen yeah. and her team win besides the title belt for 2020? What are they getting to win the award this year? Yeah, I mean, it's a whole package. They get, there's a trophy, there's cash, there's financial incentives towards their management system and other tech for a whole year. That's uh, an EPA policy subscription, of course. Gosh, Colleen, what else? I think there's some socks <laughs> thrown in there. It's all kind of Interview cool on the Insurance Guys Interview podcast. Insurance guys. <laughs> That's right. This is the big one. Hey, this is the big hey, one. Hey, Todd, this may be that. too early to ask you this question, but I've been thinking about this all morning. Have you guys had a chance to review just the process of the InsureTech Award for 2021. And are there going to be any changes next year that looking at it, you're like, ah, there's a few things we could tweak and make this thing better in terms of what you guys look at or something like that? You know, I'm glad you asked that because like the number one thing that we saw people or agencies wanted to spend budget on this year, by the way, 72% of agencies that responded to the InsureTech Award uh, application said they were increasing the mm. budget for technology. 72% yeah. is pretty solid. The number one spot that they wanted uh, to, to increase their budget on by far and away was marketing automation. Uh, they wanted to address this with technology and this automation regarding marketing is, this includes of course your uh, MailChimps, MailShake is another one. And there's all kind of like tech stacks that you can add to your agency to really t to leverage this, to get your name out there and to just to have automated drip campaigns. Say if you're targeting a niche business and you have that list, you know who they are, you know who you're going after, and you could upload this list and absolutely just go after it with your branding and messaging around it and drive leads, drive those lead generation back to you. So hopefully you can create a quote. One thing I would encourage agents to do too, I'm assuming that 72% will be mirrored across the industry, not just amongst the people that entered is people like to talk about the sexy automations, right? That's what we all want to get on Facebook and thump our chests about. I had a conversation with uh, Jack Wingate last week. He and I got together with a group of agents and we just sort of talked shop for an hour. And one thing that Jack's done in his agency, and I think agents need to think about this, is, is yes, you can do the cool automations. Yeah, you can do the cool emails. But think about, think about emails that you send on a daily basis that are somewhat monotonous. Let's automate those. And for example, what Jack, one thing Jack does is whenever they write a lender referral homeowners policy, right? Everybody on here who does lender referrals understands that about 85% of the time that closing date's going to change. They're not really closing on the 30th. The lender's just saying they're closing on the 30th so they can try to bump their numbers up and then it ends up being the 8th. So what Jack does is he has an automation that every lender referral they write, an email goes out like four or five days later that says, hey, are we still closing on this date? And it's automatic. He didn't have to do it. So 
I think all these agents that are doing that need to think about that kind of stuff as well. No doubt. Thoughts, Todd? Just in the last... Hey, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, we just actually started implementing marketing automation in the last week since we found out about this award. So it's funny that you said that, Todd. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's it's a big deal. I mean, it's uh, there's all kind of ways to skin that cat for sure. I mean, it, it's a, there's a lot of options out there. So, uh, yeah, happy to send a few your way if you or y'all's way if you want to. Y'all are all agents. She's already ahead for next year, Todd. She's coming after it again. She's time winner. <laughs> hey, Colleen, just to help our it. agents out there listening to this, you said you implemented the marketing uh, automations. What technology have you utilized to, to start that process with? So we already were using MailChimp and use, we have a marketing person who puts together newsletters and stuff and that we were already doing that. You know, we use Applied Products and they came out with their new marketing automation product um, that's fully integrated with our agency management system. And I had been on the user experience testing for that product. And so I knew what it was going to be capable of. It still has some rough edges and it's still not 100%. And um, I can say that as we're in the implementation, there are things that would have been great to have included in that beginnings of it, but it is at the beginning and it is a new product, but already I did something in minutes that would have taken our team hours to do, to send out notifications on a trust renewal, and then also to um, notify, we utilize ThinkHR for our clients and to send something to all of our ThinkHR contacts. We would have just blanketed everybody with that under our MailChimp mailing, but because we had already started this implementation, we were able to pull all of those contacts out of agency management system and send out the notice in just a few minutes. And that's something, I mean, it is, it saved hours and hours of time, even from what we were doing under MailChimp. So, and we're just starting. I mean, this is our first week utilizing it. So, right. So guys, I'm going to close this thing out, but before I do, May, 2021, you can go to insuretechaward.com and take the Pepsi challenge and see where your agency stacks up, play on words, against other agencies in terms of your technology stack and what you guys are doing. Our friends over at ePay Policy will get back to you and let you know improvements that you can make, things that they feel like you could do better and just give you some uh, insight onto where your agency is today. And Colleen, I want to once again congratulate you on being this year's award winner. That's a big deal. You should be proud. Thank you. We are. Todd, anything you want to end with today on how people can get in touch with ePay Policy and do what I did last week and chew somebody's ass about wanting me to drive 15 miles to get a uh, check? I uh, told my account manager who's sitting right next to me right here in the room, I could hear her talking. Oh, I'll just have Scott drive over to Hazel Green and pick that up. And I jumped up and I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. It, it was a, it was a lick, little old bitty liquor liability policy. Yeah. I said, give me that damn That's phone. Right. I said, hey, you got a credit card? He said, yeah, I got a credit card. I said, great, because I'm not driving 15 mi- miles to come get that check. I can promise you that. I even told the guy, I said, I am not in the bill collection business. We have ePay policy. Brittany will send you a link. Get your credit card out. Let's get ready to go. And that's exactly what we did. And that right there, folks, may be the best commercial ever put together for ePay policy. <laughs>
I mean, I could not have said that better, Scott. Way to go, man. Paper's we'll, dead. You got we'll it. We'll get right. Grant to clip that. Hey, <laughs> hey, Todd, one last thing before we go. December the 5th, you, you ready to go? It's going to go double or nothing? <laughs> Dude, you know, you know what? You mentioned Perry's earlier, and I thought, oh, boy, he's going to bring up the, the steak. Todd, and- uh, for everybody I listening, bet, Todd, Todd still like- owes me a steak. From Texas A&M <laughs> Auburn last year, and and Texas A&M is going to absolutely murder Auburn this year. So I'm not going to get anything, but we'll go double or nothing if you want to this year. I mean, it's up to you. You're let's call. roll, baby. Let's roll. Okay, I like a challenge. A deal. Hey guys, <laughs> I love it. Love all of you. Appreciate you guys being on here today. As I always end every show, rewards come from action, not discussion. You just heard Colleen talk about beta testing technologies. That would be action instead of talking about something. If you can do that, as much of that as you can do, I would highly encourage you to do that. But rewards come from action. Get your ass out from behind that desk today and go out into the big bad world and build relationships. Make money for your family, for your wife, for your husband, kids, college fund, and your parents who are struggling right now. Go make money for them. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, man. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care.